This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. February 1st, 2023. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. At 4 o'clock, Nick Dowd is on the Beltway Blitz. At 5 o'clock, we've got tickets to a Nickelback show in town you can go to. You can only win them here on Grant and Danny. What's up, Danny? What do you say, bud? A couple things. Um, a former wizard is instrumental in the hallowed halls of basketball and some what we thought were unbreakable records. What am I talking about? I think it was the last night of the night before, LeBron James passed to Thomas Bryant for a dunk, and LeBron James just passed Steve Nash on the all-time assist list. He's chasing down Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the points list. He's now, I believe, third or fourth all-time in assists. He's going to be at the top of every record book. Just absolutely incredible. That's number one. Number two, Tom Brady retired. And I'm putting that, I'm making air quotes. You can't see me because it's radio. I don't believe him. And I seem to be the only one. I believe him. Why not? I mean, he's saying this one's for real. I'll take him at his word. Brady retiring today. I'm stunned, by the way. I got this wrong. What have I been arguing for a few weeks? He's not stepping away from football because the reason he contemplated retirement every year for the last few seasons and that he stepped away last year and retired initially, even though he didn't really want to, I thought was spousal pressure. Was that his wife wanted him to retire. So I was in his business trying to figure out what exactly was going on. From afar, it seemed like Giselle, his ex-wife, didn't want him to play anymore. She wanted him to be around the family. He decided he was going to play, and that led to their divorce. And I thought, if me and my wife are constantly at odds over how many hours I work, and she hates me for how much I work, and then we get a divorce, I'm probably not going to immediately stop working. I'm probably not going to do the thing that I wanted to do that we argued about less after she's no longer there to try to convince me to do that thing with less frequency. So I thought he would not only play, but he would handpick a new team and he'd leave Tampa Bay and go somewhere else. But instead, here's where I was wrong. He is announcing that he will retire. And by the way, Danny, the exact same day to the year, one year ago, February 1st, from when he retired last year, Mm -hmm. that lasted 40 days and then he came back and played one year later. And the reason I really buy this, not a whole lot of fanfare, just kind of got on social media, posted a video first thing this morning. Sounds like he called the Bucks around 6 a.m. when he woke up. I guess he had the timeline of the beginning of February, do it before the weekend where there's not a game, so you get a little more time to, for everyone to talk about how great you are. And uh, he just drops the bomb and says, I'm leaving. It's been real. Love you all on social media today. thought it was well done, but... Again, I'm. I, I'll be proven wrong. I'm sure if this if it goes this way, but I don't believe him. I did this dance with Brett Favre. I did it already with Brady once. I you know the the 
Boyer cried wolf type thing. I don't sort of do the, well, he and his wife are arguing about blank. I don't know that. I, I know what was reported. I have no idea about the dynamics of their marriage or, or otherwise. I don't feel like it's my business. And and frankly, to me, I just kind of go with what I with what I see here. And what I see is every factor you just mentioned. For a guy that got beat up this year, didn't have that much fun, etc. I didn't see someone that didn't care. I didn't see someone that, you know, that 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 sort of made his bona fides by proving everybody wrong every day, every time. You know, the same thing, the same invisible voice that Michael Jordan invented to motivate himself to prove whoever it was wrong, to prove this doubt or wrong, to dunk on this guy, to, to you know have a, have a list of uh, ever replenishing enemies that he, and challenges he needed to best. And that sort of drove him to do so many things past the point. I think Brady's just wired the same way. I don't think that competitor's just just turned off. I think he's going to hear now that well the season wasn't as good because you physically weren't as good anymore, and he's going to go no 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 no. He's I think he's coming back again. So it's definitely possible that he has a hard time replacing that, but he's already got a ten year deal for three hundred seventy five million to go to Fox. That is true, and to be a broadcaster. So there's three hundred seventy five million reasons why. He can jumpstart. That'll hit you in the TV. That booth. contract. No one's tackling you. There is. There's no head contact. Generally speaking, unless you bump your head on something. And that's also a competitive field. He can really sink his teeth into trying to be the best at that. He can really work hard at that. It can give you a purpose from a working standpoint. So, I, I think that's probably the next thing for him. I will take him at his word. I mean, you say you, you just read the tea leaves, right? You're not trying to speculate. You just <laughs> take it for what. All I know is what's happening. Well, mm-hmm. what's happening is he said today he's retiring. Totally true. So that's what I'm going to take him at. Seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs, the NFL's all-time leader with 89,214 yards and the all-time leader with 649 touchdowns. Just ridiculous numbers for the three-time MVP, the 23-year Hall of Fame illustrious career. He's 45 years old. Yeah. 45. And this past year, he threw for 4,700 yards and 25 touchdowns, third in the NFL in passing yards. As he uh, called it quits this morning, a lot of us woke up to this video. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So... I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change thing love you all pretty poetic that he's sitting on a beach yeah it's pretty good wind whipping him in the face here on day one of february as he says that i also think the fact that he acknowledged and calls attention to last year's fun a little bit at the fact that he retired one year ago speaks to there is an awareness here that brett Favre lacked i think that a lot of these guys do lack where he said hey you only get one time to make it all about yourself. I used that up, so here's a <laughs> quick that video, card. and I'm gonna I'm gonna just go my separate ways. So that's another reason why I think this is legit. So all the superlatives are are warranted and justified, and and you know the the, the greatness is obviously beyond debate. There are three things that jump out to me just thinking about thinking about Brady. Thing number one is this is the smallest point. 
just to show you the light speed at which this league changes. Okay? Think about this. In 2017, this is not ancient times. This is not, you know, 1982. This is not, you know, 40, 50 years ago. He led the league in pass attempts with 581. Okay? Say that one more time. In 2017, so five years ago, he led the league in pass attempts at 581. This past year, he led the league in pass attempts at 733. The game changes so quickly about what's normal. That's number one. Number two, the most impressive thing about him is the longevity. That's just beyond what anyone else has, has been able to accomplish to this stage, right? I mean, you think about some of the other all-time greats, whether it's Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, guys that I you know hold in such high regard. All of them had something derail them, whether it was the injury, whether it was uh, you know old age, father time catching up with them. Has not happened to him. It's amazing. In his age 43 and 44 seasons, he averaged 5,000 yards and 42 touchdowns in age 43 and 44. Better than any season anybody's ever had here, for example. That's beyond ridiculous. And probably in 28 other places. Yeah. The other thing that I think is so amazing about him is he's been so many different things. Oh, he's the quarterback. He's been caretaker Craig. He's been check it down Charlie. He's also been as prolific as anybody else has ever been. Leading the league with 50 touchdown passes. He's done every single kind of quarterbacking. Sh- uh, uh, save, you know, Lamar Jackson running for 1,000 yards. Everything else that w- under the sun, he's done. Check it down. We- we're going to run the one place in defense. I got receivers now. Watch me sling it deep. He's done anything and everything, and he's morphed depending on the offense, the needs, the designs, and everything else. Really, really impressive. In his 40s, he threw for 27,000 yards and almost two touchdowns. A tw- 200 touchdowns. God. So if you go by decade, in his 20s, 21,000 passing yards. In his 30s, 40,000 passing yards. In his 40s, 27,000 passing yards. And he now passes the torch to the rest of the great quarterbacks in this league. One of my takeaways, unrelated to Brady, from his announcement is, you can close the book on any conversation that Aaron Rodgers might step away. I already thought there was no chance Rodgers was retiring because... He would basically be giving $60 million back to do it. Yeah, right. Just how about you play and make that money? <laughs> but also, do you really want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady? When You can make the case Rodgers is a top two, top three quarterback of all time. And you're going to retire and be in the shadows of Brady for that entire process, for the rest of your ramp up, and eventually the day you're celebrated in the Hall of Fame? I don't see it. I, I think this locks in the fact that Aaron Rodgers tries to play again this season, whether that's in Green Bay or elsewhere. But I'm really, really surprised that Brady retired today. And you look at the quarterbacks who have left, who have had Hall of Fame-type resumes just since 2020 now. It's a changing game really quickly at that position. Brady, Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Rodgers is next, whether that's now or in a year or two. We're turning the page to that new collection of QBs. It is. Yeah, there's there's very few, and I'm not looking at the list in front of me, so someone could prove me wrong, but I feel like there's nobody that's around 30 right now that's sort of on that same career track. It's guys that are Mahomes and younger, right? It's the 27 and under that are sort of taking over this league at this point, whether it's Allen, Mahomes, we've already mentioned Lamar Jackson and, and, and company. It was like there's no next class exactly, right, where, you know, you think of a, a Brady passes the baton to, I don't know, someone that's 32, 33 years old that's already won a Super Bowl that's on that Hall of Fame track. It's basically 
the really, 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 really elder statesmen or kids? Just interesting. Just kind of the, the, the timing of it all. He accomplished more than any quarterback ever has, any player in the NFL ever has, one of the great sports careers of all time. So a tip of the cap. But you are on record as saying he will not retire. You think he plays this season? Yes. Do you think he starts somewhere in week one or he gets a call after an injury and finishes the year? I think it's that one. I think he's going to do the Roger Clemens type plan. I think he's going to sit back and relax and then get the itch again and and find and handpick his situation. So contender loses their guy or something. Brady gets the call. Yeah, he's not going to go through all the rigors of training camp because he already showed this past year he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to do the the normal thing that NFL players have to do, and he'll feel like he's earned the right. The same way Brett Favre wanted to skip, you know, sprinting in July. Uh, up and down the field. That's how I feel. Based on him kind of poking fun at the fact that he retires last year and now today and his awareness about that being foolish, this is the end of the road for me. I say he's played his final game, and I think he is in the booth on Fox next season calling their A games, which is bad news for Greg Olson, I guess, who I think is fantastic. I'm bummed about that. I think Greg Olson's a star. You're not paying Brady $375 million and getting that name value, though, and stashing him on, on the B call. He's not getting our games. So, <laughs> you know, I would maybe they go three wide, and Brady is the, the preeminent color guy of the, of the booth, and, and Olsen is kind of the, the third man in. But I would, I, I would want Olsen to spread his wings and just be a star. So maybe he becomes the number two guy on Fox with Joe Davis, and then they slot everyone else down. But uh, I think Brady will be on the call of football games. Next year, not playing in them. Congratulations to the Caps on a big win last night. They needed it. It was not necessarily pretty. They went to overtime. Evgeny Kuznetsov with a overtime goal to make them 4-3 to three winners in Columbus. Worst team in hockey, the Blue Jackets. Yep. Played a pretty good game. They didn't look it last night. Scratched and clawed and battled. They got some decent players. I mean, look, The top line is legit. Absolutely. One really good line. Johnny Goudreau can, can put up goals and points with the best of them. But the Caps got two huge goals from Trevor Van Riemsdyk, their defenseman. Uh, they got a big goal on a, a redirect from Garnet Hathaway early in the game and the Coos game winner. I didn't care how they got there. And because Columbus is so bad and doesn't matter, it honestly doesn't even, frankly, matter that they got a point. Like, that was relevant to me, too. Just get two points. I needed to. Get out of there. That's what happened. And now they begin what is going to be a week-and-a-half respite. Uh, they don't play again for 11 days at this point. And the All-Star break set to begin. They need it, man. And it's beginning in victorious fashion via NBC SW Koozie scoring a goal last night. Johansson had a game winner north of the border in Ottawa in overtime this season. He angles in, waits for the play to develop, leaves to Kuznetsov, fires, score! 26 seconds is all it takes. Washington heads to the break with an OT win. A lot of shots from defensemen last night, if you notice for the I Capitals. did notice that, actually. Five shots for Gustafson, three for Van Riemsdyk, three for Faravari. They kind of activated those guys. They were super engaged and involved. Not a whole lot of offense from the top lines, but uh, they they parked the car, man. Get me my two points. They got them. They go into the break of playoff team. Seemed to be the plan, by the way, was to create some traffic in front and get some of those goals like they got with Hathaway and company. I'll say this just real quick. Kuznetsov, more of that, please. That move in overtime, a subtle little thing, he kind of gave a little bit of a flinch once the goalie, uh, Corpusala, I think is how you say his name, finally goes down, that's when he snipes it in that upper corner, that kind of opposite of which way he was drifting. Beautiful shot. He needs to score more goals. 
I'm not saying he's got to be a 50-goal guy. You got Ovechkin for that. I need a guy with the second most shots on the team to have more than seven uh, You know, down the stretch. He needs to get hot a little bit in that regard. The assists are there. He's creating for other people, but he's got to score some, and that was welcome. Wizards were going to be gunning for a seventh straight win tonight. They're not able to play because their game with the Pistons has been postponed over travel issues from an ice storm. You just don't see this very much in professional sports. In Dallas, stranded, the Detroit Pistons, still trying to get out to get back home to play the Wizards, won't be able to arrive in time for the game. Thousands of flights have been grounded in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Possibility that the Pistons, who were planning to fly out after Monday night's loss to the Mavericks, aren't even going to be allowed to fly back to Michigan until Thursday, last I saw via ESPN and Adrian Wojnarowski. So the NBA has decided to push that Pistons-Wizards game, which won't happen tonight, so no chance it's seven consecutive wins. The NBA's got other things, balls in the air right now they're worried about with uh, the New Orleans Pelicans who are trying to fly to Dallas on Wednesday for a Thursday game against the Mavericks. The Pelicans are in Denver. They just lost 122-113 to 113 on Tuesday night. They can't get there either. Very, very rare that you see this, but real thing, man. The plane's got to get in the air. Seriously. Yeah, I'd rather be safe. The only thing that could stop the Wizards, not an opponent, not an opponent, or it could be some several opponents, but not these recent opponents. I would say opponents can stop them as well. Oftentimes an opponent could stop My them. My guess is the Trailblazers might stop them on Friday. And I'll be willing to bet you that on Saturday night, the Nets will find a way to stop There's them. a whole bunch of teams that probably could stop them. But listen, lately they haven't been able to be stopped when they're playing teams like the Pelicans without three stars. And the okay? Magic. And they play the Magic, and they were going to play Detroit. Detroit couldn't stop them, only Mother Nature. Detroit, by the way, is just an M1A1 Abrams tank at this point. They, they have cashed it in. 13 and 39, guy. Cade Cunningham like stubbed his toe, and they go, that's enough, Cade. Relax. Seriously, take seven months. Cunningham came in. He's like, hang it. He takes off his shirt, dress shirt. He hangs it in his locker. He goes to put his like shoot around gear on, and he coughs. He just went, <gasps> whoa, 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 like, whoa, Cade. Goes, Cade, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh, I'm good, man. What are you talking about? He's like, was that a cough? He's like, yeah. He's like, stop everything. We have to get you to a hospital Seven months of isolation. They just list him as out with uh, upper body. He'll miss three weeks now. They got a plan. They have a plan. It's a good plan, I think. Out for season with a shin. Let's do this next to get G&D started today on the phones. Sean Payton gets traded to the Broncos while we were on the air yesterday. We now know the compensation. Denver's giving New Orleans a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. You have to trade this year's one and next year's two for a current NFL head coach. Which one would you trade those two picks for? You only get to choose one. And if you're unwilling to do that, I'd be curious to hear that as well. But let's say you're trading a one this year and a two next year for a current NFL head coach to run the commanders. Who are you trading for? 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. Yeah, a complex deal that really has been in the works for several days, kind of under the cover of darkness, but the Denver Broncos have now agreed to terms 
with the New Orleans Saints for compensation to the to complete the trade of Sean Payton. And what it is, is the New Orleans Saints receive a first rounder and a second rounder for Sean Payton and a third rounder going back. So essentially a first rounder and a pick swap now need to finalize a deal. Uh, now need to finalize a deal with Sean Payton, which should really be no issue. This is going to happen. Sean Payton now expected to be going to be the Denver Broncos head coach. That's Ian Rappaport. A little convoluted, but here's the bottom line. First, second round picks traded to New Orleans, Sean Payton and a third rounder to Denver. So here's the question we want you guys to answer. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. In a world where you are trading for an NFL head coach today, you're giving up Washington's first rounder this year and second rounder next year. Which head coach in the National Football League would you trade those two picks for? 800-636-1067 is the number. That's 800-636-1067. MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet us at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny. Get us started. Mike Vrabel is my answer. I Christian pondered a bunch of guys, right? I thought about a bunch of different dudes. There are people with better resumes, longer ones. Think of the Andy Reeds of the world, right, who just go to conference title games every year and Super Bowl appearances and the like. I'm thinking about for the next forever. I want the guy to be here for 20 years, and, and we'll build a statue of him. I love Mike Vrabel. To me, a thing that's underrated about coaches is there's a binary. There is a yes, you can do it, and you do it excellently, and a they seem befuddled by it and miss it up. It's the mechanics of coaching. It's challenge flags. It's timeouts. It's rule usage. Doing everything to your advantage. Uh, Mike Vrabel, John Harbaugh, those two guys are the cream of the crop when it comes to that kind of stuff. They manage those things well, give their teams the best shot. I believe Tennessee has not been anywhere near the most talented in terms of overall, you know, top 22 or, you know, the best rosters, et cetera. He just finally posted his first losing season this year. They always, to me, punch above their weight class. They've dealt with leftovers at quarterback. They've had a bad situation there. They lose receivers and can't prioritize. I don't think they've been run particularly well. That guy gets more out of his players. I would say he runs the defense. Those guys will be punching above their weight class. Greg Williams style, a good general manager could find me some good offensive personnel. He would let that guy run the offense. We could have, you know, a, 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 just a, a rotating cast of offensive geniuses come through here. Give me Mike Vrabel to manage my program. So I kind of like that answer uh, in that it's very similar to my runner-up. Uh, I'm going to give you my silver medalist, and then I'm going to give you my answer. All right. I initially settled on Mike Tomlin as my answer. I love Mike Tomlin. I just got a sweet spot for this guy. Same. And I do think in terms of hiring a coach, if you're an owner or if you're a GM, your proclivities, what you look for, what you like, what you want out of a coach, there's going to be some biases in that process, right? I love what Mike Tomlin represents. I, I like the speeches he gives. I like how he conducts himself in press conferences. I like how he talks. I like how he acts. I like that he's a leader of men. I like that I think he's really smart. The reason I didn't go with Mike Tomlin, though, and he's just the bell of the ball and the bridesmaid for me, is I'm going offensive-minded. Because you're going Vrabel, and you said this at the very end of, of what you just said about Vrabel, you're going to be running through coordinators there yep. every couple of years. That's the downside. And it stinks for trying to have a franchise quarterback who's going to be a Hall of Fame-type passer, that they might, if they're there for 10 years, go through six, seven, eight coaches who are getting head coaching jobs. And you've already seen it in Tennessee. Where's Matt LaFleur? Coaching in Green Bay. 
Where is Arthur Smith coaching in Atlanta? I'm going with an offensive-minded head coach because of that in an offensive-minded league. I want to always have the best scheme in the best situation. So then I debated between, well, would I rather have Kyle Shanahan, who I think is the best play designer and the best play caller, and who's done a lot with a little at the quarterback position, and seems to get San Francisco to the NFC Championship game every single year, yep. despite having jag passers, or the guy that I ultimately went with. Call me Mr. Recency Effect, Danny. Andy Reid, come on down. Call me Recency Effect Paulson if you want to. Do you know right now this second that Andy Reid's 722 winning percentage in his career is number two in the NFL to Kevin O'Connell, who went 13-4 and four in his first year this year with the Vikings? That'll level out over time. Sure. Yeah, it comes down, yeah. But if you look at actual veterans who have coached for multiple years, Reid is number one, and it's not particularly close. Belichick, who's probably the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion, a 708 winning percentage would be second. If you're counting guys who have been around for just a few years, Matt LaFleur is up there over 700. Sean McDermott is at 640. Sirianni, after two years, is at 680. But Andy Reid has had the most success. And I also think, even though he doesn't look like a young dude who just got off the treadmill, like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and... uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and, and all these offensive-minded wizards that everyone wants to hire. Former quarterback Kevin O'Connell. One Super Bowl, three AFC titles, seven AFC West championships, nine playoff berths, and that's not even to talk about what he did in Philadelphia when at one point he went to four straight conference title games. The resume speaks for itself. It's as good a one in, as in the sport, non-Belichick division. Bring that 100%. offense over. Yeah. I'll find you your Travis Kelsey. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to work on it. I got to get you a quarterback. But in the meantime... I bet you Sam Howell's a lot better because you're here. Yep. I'll bet you Taylor Heineke's better because you're here. Andy Reid is my answer. With Mike Tomlin as my runner-up. Let's go to the phones. Tony's in Annandale, home of the Adams. Tony, you're trading a number one and a number two for a coach. Who you bring into D.C.? I mean, obviously Bill Belichick won't be available at that price, but he's such a defensive wizard and a chess master. He actually gives you an advantage. Andy Reid also, I think, would not be available at that price. So I'm going to go with Chris Peterson. I mean, he's taken Doug Peterson. A Doug Peterson, sorry. Um, I think he's a young, bright mind. He's taken throughout two quarterbacks, Super Bowl. But in my, honestly, I think we should do whatever we can to not give up draft picks, like especially for Carson Wentz, you know, third. Because draft picks not only bring in, you know, this young um, prime talent, but the salary cap is so friendly. You know, for the first three or four years. Appreciate you, Thanks, Tony. buddy. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I mean, I probably agree with you that this is, but the point is this is fun. This is like, you know, fantasy football type stuff. I, I don't think the Patriots are about to trade Bill Belichick or any of these teams are in yeah, the marketplace we're, for moving We're not asking things. would they accept the deal. It's but yeah, just, so, hey, who would you trade for? Which coach in the NFL is most, most worth draft pick compensation. I love Sean Payton, for example. I would not have recommended that the commanders do that same move that Denver just did, for example. I think Payton's excellent. And if they had a vacancy, I would say, yeah, it's probably not trade New Orleans a a first and a second rounder as we're trying to team build because I think we're close, right? Just not something I would do. I would try to find the next hot up-and-coming coordinator or or whatever, kind of go that route. But when it comes to Belichick, though, the only thing, my my only problem with him is not, again, the resume is perfect. You get you don't just get Bill Belichick guy that prepares for Sundays. You get front office Bill Belichick. Exactly. That has been a scuffle for half a decade. No one's noticed because the resume is so incredible. 
they're not getting stuff right up there. And, and it's it's really bothering a lot of folks. Yeah, so I don't think it dents the fact that his coaching resume is untouchable. 100%. And he'll very likely go down correctly, in my opinion, as the greatest coach of all time. But if you're asking me would I be excited to trade a bunch for Bill Belichick right now, no. And it's for the reason that you just said. I don't think he's the best GM. And I think their drafts and their free agency speaks to that. It doesn't seem like they ever get wide receiver right among other positions. So, yeah, I wouldn't be overly excited to to make that swap for Bill Belichick, honestly. Let's go to Ralph in D.C. on Grant and Danny. What coach are you willing to trade for? Now, you're going to say a whole lot of ones that I thought about now, man. It's so many of them. But I got to go with um, Andy Reid because at first I was saying Harbaugh and um, and Vrabel, but I had to think hard on that one. I will have to go um, Reid because, man, Reid is making it happen. And he's been doing it when he was in Philly. Beating He's, us to death when he was in Philly. Oh, yeah, it ran circles around us. I mean, the, the it's not just that he got Pat Mahomes. Listen, they deserve credit for that. When no one else did, they traded up and they made that move, and he was one of the masterminds behind it. Don't forget, he had Alex Smith as an MVP candidate. Like, that Alex Smith. Charlie Checkdown, a guy that went an entire season without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver, which is almost impossible in the modern era of football. He had that guy playing great uh, in terms of an offense. That guy can coach, man. I'm going to ask my rhetorical Sean Payton question again that I brought up last week. And it sounds like I don't like Sean Payton. I actually do. It's just, I think, relevant. What is the difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy? They have essentially the exact same resume. They're both 59 years old. Sean Payton in his career, 152-89, and a 631 winning percentage. Mike McCarthy almost identically, 155 and 97, a 614 winning percentage. In the playoffs, McCarthy 21 games is 11 and 10, Peyton 17 games is 9 and 8. Almost the exact same winning percentage. They both with Hall of Fame quarterbacks got 2 and 1, one Super Bowl. Everyone loves Sean Payton. Everyone hates Mike McCarthy. (laughs) What is the difference? I I believe the difference is that Aaron Rodgers, unlike Drew Brees, is just not as coachable or likable or or doesn't play as nice. And so the the, because that you always saw Rodgers taking issue with and you know that their relationship soured, I think there's this thought that Aaron Rodgers was just dragging him along. But and that may be true. Where is that with Drew Brees and Sean Payton? People act like Brees was a nothing when he got to Sean Payton. Drew Brees finished top five in the MVP vote as a Charger the year before he got there. He was a pro bowler with the Chargers. Then he went to New Orleans and had the career that he had. But we do look at Sean Payton as this like deity in the coaching profession, and he was outstanding, and I think he's really good. And by the way, he's going to be an immense upgrade yes. over Nathaniel Hackett. But him and Mike McCarthy, if you just peel everything back, have had the exact same career. One of those guys... People are, are are luring out of retirement with some of the biggest contract offers ever and trading picks for. The other goes 12 wins, two straight years, and blows Tom Brady and Tampa Bay out in the playoffs, and people want him fired. It is amazing to me how narratives work. Jamal's in D.C. What's up, Jamal? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, dude. Um, I'm, I'm going to get our guy back, man. I'm going to get McVay and bring him home if I can, man. We should, to me, 
you know, I felt at the time when he was here with Gruden, I would have let Gruden go and promoted him, man. So I'll write that wrong. Go and get him. I mean, you saw what he did with Cooper Cup, man. I think that McClellan goes to the next level and the rest of these receivers as well, man, if we bring him here. So you might, you're only going to get him for a year or two, probably. Because uh, he might be wanting to go do some TV at 20 million a year like Tom Brady just did. <sighs> There's always going to be that temptation for McVay. It's something I, I know he's told me in the past, years ago, he wanted to get into, he wanted to do. And he could go take that break and do it and not have to worry about working 80-some hours a week and running himself into the ground. And he's luck- and lucky is not the right word. but it Take just means 10 years off, come back, you're still young. He's fortunate that they got the Super Bowl early in his career. Head coaching career, hundred percent. So you you can you can have that option if you want to just take a break. You know, when you still got plenty of energy, maybe you got young kids on the way as as a newly married man. Maybe now's the time to do that. You live off that. Yeah, Mike McCarthy lives off of his one title. Sean Payton won a Super Bowl over a decade ago. That's why he just got the deal he just got from the Broncos. That championship carries you for a long time. Rivera didn't win one. He just got to a Super Bowl. And despite a sub-500 winning percentage as a head coach, 12 years and three winning seasons later, he's still getting jobs. You get to a title game, it carries you for a long, long time. Speaking of Rivera, he was interviewing Anthony Lynn today for the Commander's OC opening. That's not a name we've talked a lot about during this process. So want to have a quick conversation about Lynn as a possible offensive coordinator for the Commanders. And who's going to get the head coaching jobs for the Cardinals? Still open. The Colts still open. Talk about that as well as we continue on Grant and Danny. With Danny, I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Anthony Lynn, Ron Rivera, discussing the OC job for the Commanders today. Ron Rivera's out there. There's a celebrity golf tournament, I guess, he's taking part in. And he's doing some work while he's out there interviewing Lynn. What do you make of the former Chargers head coach, who's now on the 49ers offensive staff, as a candidate for that job? Fits what they like. I mean, Anthony Lynn, former running back in his own right, you know, his coach running backs extensively, is a you know sort of old school thumper, run the dang ball, toughness, physicality, let's push people around and establish the line of scrimmage type guy. He's had some success uh, in terms of uh, making offenses go, right? They, they were not bad uh, when he was in L.A. in terms of moving the football, scoring points, et cetera. It would be the biggest name, certainly, I think, uh, to come in here, non-B-enemy division, a guy that's been a head coach before. I mean, it, it seems to me to kind of kind of fit, no? I think your staff gets a lot better if you hire Anthony Lynn in that you got former head coaches as your coordinators on offense and defense. How many teams in the league can say that? That your OC and your DC have been head coaches in the league in multiple organizations. I can't imagine any other team in the league could say that, and I would give Ron Rivera a lot of credit for being willing, going into a possible lame duck season, target on your back maybe, for hiring someone as qualified as Anthony Lynn. Now you say run the dang ball guy. His head coaching tenure ended in L.A., obviously, with the Chargers, and they were slinging it around with Justin Herbert. He was the coordinator of the Lions in 2021 under Dan Campbell before they went to Ben Johnson. Is that where that comes from? Where, you know, he just saw him call plays there. A little bit of hard knocks, I think. Just thinking back to his time there. Every coach says run the ball, but he was also a former running back coaches, running backs sort of has, has always seemed to me to emphasize it, but that, you know, that's anecdotal. I I probably don't have a 
you know, a, a, a play chart and his expected runs over passes and, you know, EPAs That's what and I'm wondering things. is, yeah. like, if, if there was something you knew about no. in terms of his tendency. Just, just a feeling I've always had about him is, you know, I'm trying to remember what the line was from, from Hard Knocks, but it was, you know, if you don't do this, talking in, in one of the running back coaches in, in the running backs room, if you don't do this, you're not playing for Coach Lynn, meaning this is so critically important and he's very hard and emphasizes running the ball and that's something that that's important to him. Um but just again, the 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 branding of it, right? Is it just as tough and hard nosed as they come? Really good playing career. Just sort of feels like that would fit what they were looking for. If that's the the, the department store they're shopping in. One thing that would worry me a little bit is so he was the OC of the Lions a year ago, I believe, and he leaves, or I don't know how that happened or what happened, and Ben Johnson comes in there, and that offense completely took off. Goff was better. Everything about that offense was better. Last year, they were barely top 20. They were 11th running the ball, 24th passing the ball. But it was a little bit more antiquated in how they did things, I thought. And this year, they kind of got with the times. And their OC would have been a head coach already if he didn't pull his name from all the jobs he was interviewing Mm -hmm. for. I don't love that, if that makes sense. That it almost feels like they did a lot better offensively after he left and someone else took over his post. But that shouldn't disqualify him. And... Again, you can be a really good coordinator and not a great head coach. So I don't necessarily care that I thought he struggled when he was the head coach of the Chargers. People were crushing the Nathaniel Hackett hire by the Jets this past week. And this is the point. Who cares if he's a bad head coach? Yeah, he didn't manage timeouts while the whole team isn't prepared. What do the offenses look like? Is he supposed to, to be a, a head coach for the Jets? No. Like, when was the last time he was an OC? All right, let's look at that. He did a pretty good job in Green Bay. Right. So... Yeah, and, and I'd be fine with the Lynn hire. I, I would like that more than Zampezi, honestly. I would like it more than Shermer, I think. I would prefer Bienemy or something that's more 2020s. Yeah, I want one of the unproven guys who who gets that it's good to sling it around. But if we're talking in this category of I just think of again the old school run the dang ball type guys, which again, it's probably not fair that I'm I'm putting Lynn in that category, but it's just my my vibe. Then yeah, that's the best name. Right, that's the most intriguing name, other than a guy that was already in house or a dude that was out of football this past year. The 2016 Bills, middle of the pack, but they were the number they one ran rushing a lot. offense in the NFL. That was with Tyrod Taylor. I would tell you that if Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback, and I think that was a Tyrod Taylor year, you probably should be running the ball. Sounds right to me. You know, like I'm not going to say you ran the ball too much when your quarterback is a guy who's a dual threat. Greg Roman was the OC of that team. Um, so. You know, that would have been a factor, I guess. Uh, and at that point, he was the assistant head coach, running backs coach, to your point, not the play caller. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Beltway Blitz today at 4. We got Nick Dowd of the Caps on the show. We're giving away tickets to Nickelback at 5 o'clock. Want to discuss Ron Rivera this week not being at the Senior Bowl this coming hour. Also can get into the two openings still left in the NFL and who's going to fill those as far as head coaches go on G&D. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.